Letter eighty seven of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Mrs. Austin, off Bulak, September twenty first, eighteen sixty six. Dearest Mutter, I am a good deal better again. The weather is delightful, and the Nile in full flood, which makes the river scenery from the boat very beautiful. Alec made my mouth water with his description of his rides with Janet about the dear old Surrey country. Having her with him seems to have quite set him up. I have seen nothing and nobody but my next boat neighbor, Gouda Effendi, as Omar has been at work all day in the boat, and I felt lazy and disinclined to go out alone. Big Hassan of the donkeys has grown too lazy to go about, and I don't care to go alone with a small boy here. However, I am out in the best of air all day and am very well off. My two little boys are very diverting and serve me very well. The news from Europe is, to my ignorant ideas, desolant, a degrangolade back into military despotism, which would have excited indignation with us in our father's days, I think. I get lots of newspapers from Ross, which afterwards go to an Arab grocer, who reads the Times and the Saturday Review in his shop in the bazaar. What next? The cargo of books which Alec and you sent will be most acceptable for winter consumption. If I were a painter, I would take up the Muslim traditions of Mary and Joseph. He was not a white-bearded old gentleman at all, you must know, but young, lovely, and pure as Our Lady herself. They were cousins, brought up together, and she avoided the light conversation of other girls, and used to go to the well with her jar, hand in hand with Joseph carrying his. After the angel Gabriel had announced to her the will of God, and blown into her sleeve, whereby she conceived the Spirit of God, Joseph saw her state with dismay, and resolved to kill her, as was his duty as her nearest male relation. He followed her, knife in hand, meaning always to kill her at the next tree, and each time his heart failed him, until they reached the well and the tree under which the divine messenger stood once more and said, Fear not, O Joseph, the daughter of thy uncle bears within her Isa, the Messiah, the Spirit of God. Joseph married his cousin without fear. Is it not pretty? two types of youthful purity and piety, standing hand in hand before the angel. I think a painter might make something out of the soft-eyed Syrian boy with his jar on his shoulder, hers on the head, and the grave, modest maiden who shrank from all profane company. I now know all about Sheikh Salim, and why he sits naked on the river-bank, from a very high authority, a great sheikh to whom it has been revealed. He was entrusted with the care of some of the holy she-camels, like that on which the prophet rode to Jerusalem in one night, and which are invisible to all but the elect, and he lost one, and now he is God's prisoner till she is found. A letter from Aunt Charlie, all about her own and Rainey's country life, school feasts, etc., made me quite cry, and brought before me, oh, how vividly, the difference between East and West, not quite all to the advantage of home, however, though mostly. What is pleasant here is the primitive ways. Three times since I have been here lads of most respectable families of Luxor have come to ask hospitality, which consists in a place on the deck of the boat, and liberty to dip their bread in the common dish with my slave-boy and Achmet. The bread they brought with them, bread and shelter, were not asked, as they slept sub dio. In England I must have refused the hospitality, on account of Jean and expense. The chief object to the lads was the respectability of being under my eye while away from their fathers, as a satisfaction to their families, 
and while they ate and slept like beggars, as we should say, they read their books and chatted with me, while I was out on deck, on perfectly equal terms, only paying the respect proper to my age. I thought of the orphanages and institutions, and all the countless difficulties of that sort, and wondered whether something was not to be said for this absence of civilization in knives, forks, beds, beer, and first and second tables above all. Of course climate has a good deal to do with the facility with which widows and orphans are absorbed here. Good-bye, dearest mutter. Today is post-day, and Rais Mohammed is about to trudge into town in such a darling white turban and such a grand black robe. His first wife, whom he was going to divorce for want of children, has brought him a son, and we jeer him a little about what he may find in Luxor from the second, and wish him a couple of dozen. End of letter 87. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.